Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I am Damon Pastalka, your host, and I am excited for our guest today because we have Craig Alexander here from Gumas. We're going to be talking about taking on your industry giants and challenger brand marketing and lots of other good stuff. So, Craig, welcome. Oh, Damon, thank you for having me. Such a treat. This is my favorite topic in the world, so I'm looking forward to sharing some thoughts with you. Yeah, I, I just think it is it is a fun topic because we see that, you know, so many industries are disrupted by companies that come out of seemingly nowhere. And I think that, you know, the good ideas are one part of it, but really understanding how to get those good ideas out to the right people with the right message so that they can disrupt an industry is going to be fun talking about that today. Yeah, boy, you touched on two really critical elements, the right message and the, and the very beginning part of that uh, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and it, it's nearly impossible to come seemingly out of nowhere. These, these are our organizations that are, have spent uh, many, many years in development and in evolution uh, to become a challenger brand. Um, and it's really only until they understand what it is that they need to say to, to their customer that's going to make a difference through the messaging that you mentioned that's going to change the way that they, that they attack their industry giants. Uh, very cool. So let's let's back up a little bit, Craig. Let's, how, how did you how did you find yourself? at Gumas in helping people with challenger marketing because you you've done other things and it was interesting to hear your story that how you got here. Yeah, happy to to share that that pathway. Um I, I began working in a very traditional New York based advertising agency. So my my first job I spent nearly a dozen years working on the Miller Brewing Company business. So uh that was my one single account. All I did was work on beer uh and as a you know 22 to 33 year old male, everything I did was targeting me. So there are very few brands that I could work on that would be more interesting to a young adult than a beer brand, especially in the heyday uh, of advertising beer, which was, this was the era of light beer from Miller. Uh, oh yeah. As filling the light all stars, uh, Oh that wow! Whole category was was developed during that that timing. So I I learned uh, all aspects by working on a what we would call an industry gorilla brand, right? Miller yeah. Brand Company was yeah. an industry gorilla. Oh, it's huge, yeah. Um, so I, I began learning how the giants work, and spent a dozen years dealing with that, and then I'm able to to recognize that everybody else was left, you know, picking up the crumbs. And mm -hmm. if you aren't an industry gorilla that, that we, we use that term, uh, then you're a challenger brand. And so in the beer world, 
thousands and thousands of, of yeah. brands would be challenger brands compared to a Miller Brewing or an Anheuser-Busch or even a Coors. Uh, if you look at this time, although Miller Coors is a, is, is a combined brand now. Yeah. Um, so uh, over the, a, after leaving uh, the agency on Miller Brewing Company, I uh, worked in, in uh, the outdoor industry for a while. Mm -hmm. And that is a challenger brand industry. When you're talking about media, uh, outdoor is a challenger brand compared to television, uh, radio, oh, yeah. in the emerging world, of course, of digital, uh, as that became a, a bigger player. Uh, and I love that medium, because if you can tell your story on a billboard, uh, then then you can you can do anything. Uh, yeah. And love the industry was uh, was great. Um got involved in an advertising agency exclusively working in the outdoor medium uh, and then sold that agency to a large conglomerate. And then John Gumas and I, who had been friends for many years before, nice. uh, before coming together to, to work with, with uh, his agency, uh, we played baseball together, toured around, played a lot of, um, we still do. Uh, that's a side story. Uh, but oh, we're going to talk about that. We we'll talk, talk about, about baseball. We'll uh, talk about baseball in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So hold, hold that note. Uh, yeah, I got and I, John and I connected uh, about a dozen years ago and really focusing on all those marketers who didn't have the resources to take on big advertising agencies, uh, but wanted to find a way to connect with their customers. And we recognized that that was an opportunity. And, and so at Gumas, uh, we... Uh, created challenger brand marketing. It is trademarked to us. We hold that language. And then, of course, as you were kind enough to mention, uh, literally wrote the book on challenger brand marketing, which was released in February and uh, was a, a bestseller uh, on Amazon. And uh, we can talk a little bit about the details of that. So that was my pathway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got to go back. You and John playing baseball. You playing like little league? You guys knew each other that long, or when did you start playing no, baseball together? As adults, as oh adults, really? Junior baseball, and so we nice uh, and and softball and other things as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's baseball that we continue to play to this day. Um, we uh, baseball is a big deal to us, not only personally, as you can tell just from this conversation, uh, but we also do a lot of work with the San Francisco Giants. Um, I currently serve on their board of directors. Uh, it is a, a, a passion uh, and yeah. a profession, and uh, their their community fund is uh, is work that I, I I could do that all all day every day, and it would be a very happy life. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I was I was heavily involved in baseball for a number of years uh, until the last few. Yeah, I was actually the I was the president of one of the largest baseball clubs in Seattle. My son's team through high school have four had five D one players on it. Three of them are in the MLB now. And oh my uh, what a legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And the club where he practices is where Blake Snell, who pitches for the Padres, sure. won the Cy Young. That's where that's where he grew up. His father runs the club. And we my son actually pitch beside Blake in the wintertime when he was in the minor leagues and stuff growing up. So I can still remember when Blake was in the minor leagues, they, they, uh, he was in pitching one day. And of course the, you know, you have to, you, you don't have to put any catcher down there and uh, when they're doing it. So they have to bring, 
bring people in to do it. But, uh, sure. and he said, he said, Hey, do you want to go down there and stand and him throw a couple balls to you? And I was like, and they said, just don't, don't stand in the normal batter's box, stand back a little ways. And I'm going to tell you, when you get a big lefty, that's, that can do what he could do with a ball, even then. And he's gotten bigger and better now, but oh my goodness. Uh, it just scared the heck out of you. I'm just telling you, just something just put a I'm shutter through you when it, yeah, when he's throwing the big left hand curve coming into your back leg. <laughs> but it was, but baseball's been a big part of my life. I mean, I started playing in Little League and, and uh, I coached, I don't know how many years until I started doing club ball. You realize that as when you get into club baseball and you get into to more serious com- competitive baseball, that you know, coaching it is very difficult and, and it's, it's not your run over the mill. There's a lot going on in a game and, but I love the sport because I just had a game two nights ago uh, down in Seattle. So, so are you playing currently? No, I don't, I don't play anymore. I don't play anymore. Too much, uh, too much, too much road miles on the body, too many road miles, but, but yeah, yeah, but it's a, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a sport near and dear to the heart. And I can see where, man, I bet you have a lot of fun, fun playing yet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, good. it's good. Good. God, that's awesome. 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 Get to talk about that for a moment. Cause it is such a, it's, it's such a, such a humbling game because it's, it, it teaches a lot about business, you know, cause you, you if you're playing baseball, you're not going to hit the ball every time. And in business, we run into a lot of the same things. So, you know, when you're, when you're helping companies and you, you talk about challenger brand marketing, you talk about challenger brands, you know, you identified a challenger brand here as um, a company that's competing against the big, the bigger companies, or can you just tell me, how do I know if I'm a challenger brand? Sure. It's really a matter of, are you being out-resourced by your competitors? So out-resourced frequently means outspent. That's like the yeah. easiest way to define it. Uh, so you've got competitors in your category who have all the money. So they have the, the biggest budgets to support with marketing yeah. and branding and positioning. Um, but resources certainly come in, in uh, other forms outside of money. And mm-hmm. if you are uh, have greater brand recognition, certainly that's being out-resourced. If you have mm-hmm. greater... Um, shelf position uh if you're in a retail environment yeah if you have a uh, a better distribution uh if you have a, a price point that you can afford to undercut uh other other brands that can be a, a resource that will take out a challenger brand uh so the resources come in many different forms mm-hmm. and fashions uh, but oftentimes i think anybody can relate to being in a competitive environment where your competitors uh, have greater resources than you do. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at your challenger brand companies, what are the specific advantages that you, you know, not everyone has, but you kind of see across the board on these these challenger brand companies? Part of our job as an agency dedicated to working with challenger brands is to help that marketer identify what it is that makes them special. Sometimes they can't articulate it and we have to put mm-hmm. them through a process that helps them wrap their arms around what, what we believe will ultimately make them famous. They may not know that, um, but they need to because that's where the messaging lives right in that area that connects the emotion with what customers love about you 
with the element of what ultimately will make you famous. So once we're able to identify that, and then we're ever able to articulate uh, what it is that makes you special, then we can put that in front of prospects and they'll connect with that and whatever the, the next step will drive them to action. Uh, but that's, that's really the secret to all of it. So there, there's, yeah. the there's, a, there's the whole thing, but inside of this whole thing, there's a, there's a lot to go. There's a lot to go. That's for oh, sure. sure. Because yeah. you are, you are talking about, um, so they, I mean, I, I would ask where you start, but, but I mean, kind of, if you're going to fight on these, fight one of these giants, right? So I'm, I'm a small, let's take what you were in before. You're a small beer brand. Sure. And, great. And you, you're like, you're like, Hey, I, I'm, I want to go. And, and when we're talking a small beer brand now, it's a large regional brand anymore to, to, for a small beer brand. And we've, we've got some of those here in the Seattle area that have, that have come out and got bought and doing those kind of things. But, um, you know, what, what are some of the things that, that we're going to have to do differently because we don't have that ad spend. We don't have that, we, that national force or whatever we want to do. I mean, what are some of the things that, that you're really able to help them do that a, a large company is not going to do? So we, we, we want to um, fight in an environment where we can win. So the first, the first step that we want to identify is, is we want to reduce the playing field. Um, oh. I, I, I like to use, I like to use uh, the pencil on the ground uh, analogy. So your, your listeners can't see me, but I'm holding up a very typical looking pencil. And the way we talk to our clients is I'll, I'll put this pencil on the floor. And this pencil represents our beer brand. So we're up in Seattle. This is my, my beer brand that's marketing uh, to Seattle. I put it on the floor and that beer brand now is competing with everything in my room. It's competing with the carpeting. It's competing with the cabinetry. It's competing with the walls and ceiling. It's competing with all the equipment on my desk. Uh, it's competing with the books on my bookshelf and the furniture. There's a lot to compete against. Yes. I pick that pencil up off the floor and I put it on my desk now it's only competing with everything on my desk, right? So now it's dealing with my computer and my phone and my printer and uh, my notes and files. Mm -hmm. But if I take that, print, that uh, pencil off of my desk and I put it on my notepad, now all I have to do is win here in this environment. Yeah. I have to beat the notes on my notepad, this post-it notes, whatever else I have sitting in this small space and this brand now becomes the dominant player on that notepad. So we translate our marketing tactics to the environment. Mm -hmm. And so now we find areas where we can dominate. If that is, uh, instead of getting putting our brand on national network television and yeah. spending the hundreds of millions of dollars it requires to compete against Budweiser and Miller and, and other brands, we're not going to be successful. We have to find an environment where we can be successful. And maybe that is um, digital out of home or television in retail so that you see our ad just in grocery and liquor stores and, and uh, convenience stores. And the ad runs just in the environment where people have the opportunity to purchase your product. So we've mm -hmm. reduced that playing field, yeah. just the point of purchase uh, or 
uh, in the digital environment, there are lots of ways to really hyper-focus on just our target. And once we identify who that is now, depending on what the brand's personality is, uh, that brand personality may be heavily sports-oriented, and we want to be in a sports environment where we, where we can be successful and we'll find ways to deal that. So, so tactically, reduce the playing field. Before that, though, we really have to understand what it is that that marketer needs to say that's going to impact yeah. the place. And that's that's where really the, the magic lives. In in learning what gets that emotional connection to your, your ultimate customer. Completely, right? Because the people who love you now, they have an emotional connection to you. Mm-hmm. We just need to find out what it is and then replicate that for people who don't know you and put that emotion in language, in front of them, again, in that reduced playing field so that they're surrounded by the message now in an affordable way. Uh, but that emotion lives within the brand and lives within your consumer. And if you ask the consumer what it is, they will tell you. You just have to ask them. Very cool. Very cool. So as we're sitting here, do you have a couple examples of challenger brands that we might know? So certainly p- plenty that, that you would know that we, we haven't necessarily worked on. Uh, but I can tell you some stories that I think you might find interesting, uh, whether you know the brand or you don't. Okay, uh, good. One, one, one of our, our favorite clients is, is a brand called Mirancho Tortillas. Oh, Just this great. Nice. It's a food service brand, or at least was until they met us. And they produce, oh, probably about 6 million tortillas a day today. So it, 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 even though it's a challenger brand, they still have some girth and some fight to them. Yeah. Uh, they're based in the Sacramento area. And uh, they produce the world's best tasting tortillas just flat out. They're tremendous. And nice. when they came to us five, six, seven years ago, uh, they, they had made a decision to um, expand from their initial business which was a 75-year-old business at the time, uh, of producing uh, food service tortillas, right? So uh, tortillas that would be sold in, in restaurants and uh, fast food chains, uh, but brands that wouldn't, but a brand that doesn't necessarily stand on its own and, and matter yeah. to the consumer. They wouldn't ask for the product by name in a, in a Mexican restaurant. It just happens to be the, the product served because of its quality and, and mm-hmm. uh, authenticity. But when they came to us, though, uh, they needed to uh, they, they had made that decision that they wanted to become a consumer brand. Right. And become re- go retail. And then that's a whole new world. Yeah. And they are a complete challenger brand when you're competing, competing against large, nationally recognized tortilla brands like a yeah. Michelin tortillas. Yeah. Being- a brand that you probably know, they're yep. the good brand in the industry. So we needed to identify what it was about me Rancho that their customers love and put that into language uh, that could be certain that you could use to surround potential customers so that they get the same feeling. So we put that client through a process where we conducted a number of interviews uh, of customers. We interviewed them. Uh, we spent half a day internally with their leadership team in a brand symposium uh, that ran them through a series of exercises that got them thinking differently about their product, visualizing the brand, uh, as well as articulating and messaging the brand. After 
two months of this research and discovery, um, we were able to extract from them the essence of the organization uh, and the messaging, which happened to be the same thing. Um, at the time, their tagline was quality since 1939. That was, that was the tagline then. But that said nothing about who they are and what they stand for. Mm -hmm. But what the, their essence was, and really what now is their tagline, is pure tortilla joy. Nice. And that became the core language for everything that they've done since and continue to do now. Uh, and there's this sense of, of just, this is what we do and we do it better than anybody else in the world. And now you can buy these at your local grocery store and bring them home with you. Uh, so Mirancho uh, had probably gone from a million tortillas a, a day to six and a half, seven million today since, since the pure tortilla wow. took place. So look for them in your grocery store. You won't be sorry. Yeah, we will. We will for sure. And I love how you boiled it down into three words. Pure yeah. tortilla joy. I mean, it seems like when you really think about the essence of brands, the fewer words, and you, and you can make those words so impactful like this per tortilla joy. You just, you know what that means. Yeah. It means, it, you, it means you need to get it. Yeah. And, and that, <laughs> these people take this stuff seriously. Yeah. World to them. Uh, you make such a great point, Damien, right? Because the easiest thing in the world is to write three pages on how great your product is. Yep. Nobody cares about that. Right. Mark nope. Twain, Mark Twain said um, famously, right. One of the greatest quotes of all time is I would have written you a shorter note, but I didn't have the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's easy to write pages. It's really hard to boil everything down and just do a few words. Uh, and that's really our job. And in it and the how you boiled this down, the thing that's so nice when you do that, it connects customers and people that work for the company, founders of the company, friends and family of the company, everyone together around that. What do we do? Because I, I just love this because people go, oh, it's marketing. It's yes, it is. And it's a, it's a rally cry. It's, it's a absolutely rally. a rally cry. It's, a rally cry. Right. it's like to make a decision. I'm sitting there making a, a bunch of tortillas or I'm doing something for the company. I'm a driver and someone talks to me about the brand. How do I talk about it? How do I, what happens if we have some sort of this happen and, and how, what kind of decision do we make? Well, is it creating pure tortilla joy or not? Cause this is what we do. Yeah. It's not that we kind of do it or we would like to do it. This is what we do. And, and I just love how a great essence like you've pulled out there really gives everyone um, it ties everything together. It's emotional too, Damon, which, yeah, Language has to be to make a yes. difference in, a, in to compete yes. against the gorillas. You have to have the emotional language that gives you a reason because tortillas are generally a commodity, right? Yes. It's whatever's on sale, I'm going to buy that. But yeah. once you've established this sense of pure tortilla joy, um, I'm willing to spend 50 cents more a bag of tortillas because I'm getting pure tortilla joy. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And then when you look at a another big brand beside it, it's like, Oh yeah, here's our tortilla brand that we know. This is them. We see them in every store, and then you go pure exactly. tortilla joy. It's like, 
got to go there. Yeah, let's give that a try for sure. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. We got a lot of great comments coming in here. I'm sorry if you don't turn your profile on to public. I can't I can't see who it is, but we got somebody coming in from the UK. We got Charles. He he uh, uh, pointed out a challenger brand that could be SpaceX against NASA. That might be. <laughs> I think they want it technically. I don't I mean, know. I don't know anyone who would refer to an Elon Musk brand as being a challenger brand. Yeah, that is true. that is as much a gorilla brand as as exists. Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. And so it asks, what if you're a nonprofit? I think. Yes. I think, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, we work with nonprofits all the time. The Giants yeah. Community Fund. We touched on that at the beginning of the conversation, right? Yeah. So Nonprofits are businesses. Yes. And they have to treat themselves as businesses, and you have to market yourself as such because people have choices. Right. To mm -hmm. donate to one organization yeah. versus another. You have to position yourself on an emotional level as being the choice for that donor. So absolutely nonprofits are challenger brands. Yeah, this is this is a great point. And as we talked about earlier in the, the baseball club that, that I was part of, I mean, you are not the only one in the market, and especially down at where you live in, the, in in California and in Southern California. I mean, these are big businesses and, and you look at clubs you look at some of the other nonprofits like you said the the, the larger philanthropic things it is um and i've got some friends here on some other large nonprofits where you're if you're going to a microsoft or somebody like our google and you're saying hey we would we would like to get a few million dollars from you i mean you really have to connect to get that kind of money to to flow to your nonprofit yeah, com completely agree. And and one other thing too, just as a, a side note, based on on what you had just said, um, many I'm sure many times in your in your life, Damon, you've run across organizations who feel like they have no competitors. We've created a product that there's no other one in the marketplace. Um, and to those people, we would we would suggest you, you you're not in living in reality. Every product is in a competitive environment. Every brand is a competitor. People have choices to, even if the choice is to not buy you, that, mm -hmm. that's, that is a choice. They've lived their lives without you and they will continue to live without you unless you make a compelling case that, that they can't live without you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember the movie, we won't mention it, but it's your, your chances of living with me are here. <laughs> Or without me. <laughs> well, yeah, I know the film exactly. And yeah. it's a great, a great line. Because it, it is. It's really, I mean, you're, you've got, the people have choices. And, and, and this is the other thing that you brought up, I think, is, is, a, is a great thing for people to think about. That emotional, um, compelling emotional reason will get people from, I'm not going to do anything, to doing something. Too, because sometimes our biggest competitor is doing nothing. Oh, completely. You, you're right. And and wow. so it's it's not like you, it's you're competing against other people. You're just competing against people deciding. No, I'm not going to do anything. That's that's a that's a valid choice for the the buyer, and and it's another reason why you need to do that. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, the that's awesome. That's awesome because it's it's really shows what you can do when you take the time to understand your brand, your customer and that emotional connection. These, these um, decisions have to be made driven by data. 
So you, you can't just have a San Francisco advertising agency walk into your, your building and say, hey, I've got some great ideas for you. Uh, it, it has to be the marketplace telling you what you need to say to your customer, because who knows that better than the customer themselves? So mm-hmm. our, our philosophy is that we, we let the data direct the strategy, and that data is the information, right? Not only the interviews, we talked about interviewing customers and interviewing the internal leadership team, but we also want to study the competitive marketplace and identify those mm-hmm. competitors and what it is they're saying to the same prospect that we want to speak to that has been working for them or isn't working for them, whatever the case might be. But we, we need to learn from that because that's all going to inform the recommendations to build a messaging strategy that's going to work. Uh, we, we believe challenger brands have one chance to get it right. So we like to hedge our bets and study the marketplace and let, let information uh, direct our decisions and not just, hey, we think uh, this is a pretty cool idea for a tagline. Um, we want the research to tell us this, this is who you are. Yeah. It's so what you said there really hits home because when you look at big brands, they can throw out, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising. It's like, well, that's, that's a sunk cost. We, we may move the market a little bit, but when you talk about someone that it's, it's a much smaller spend, they need to move the needle with that spend. It's not a, and they're, they're really trying to go from A to B rather than a, 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 a minus to, you know, a plus or, you know, just move it a couple little teeny points. You know, the challenger brands are trying to move a lot more, cover a lot more ground with their marketing spend. Their resources are so much more limited. They just can't afford to miss mistakes are costly. And, and those, those mistakes could, it could cost you years in development. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys came out with a challenger brand marketing book in February. Yes. What, what, I mean, you're sitting here, you got your agency, you guys are, you're you're doing this, you're having fun, you're working with some great brands. Why write a book? Uh, Opportunity. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a hole in, in, in the marketing marketplace uh, for, for this sort of, of a, uh, an advertiser, right? Challenger brands. Uh, It's really a, a phrase that is pretty new. It's language that people haven't really been using before about maybe 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to position our advertising agency uh, as the authority on this niche. So we, we, we talked about earlier in this call, and as we speak with our, our clients, we want to find that one thing that's going to make them famous. For us, for Gumas Advertising in San Francisco, it's being the champion of the challenger brand. So since that is our niche, we needed to prove it. And so uh, we wrote the book that gives all marketers the opportunity uh, to take on their industry gorillas and win. And uh, the book is a a workbook uh, to give you all the tips and tricks that you need, many of which we've talked about in this call, um, but really lots of ways to to make your marketing budget go further uh, and how you can make a difference in your industry. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So as you are doing this, writing the book, yeah. how do you think that it improved 
your process, the way you, the agency thinks about what you do, because now, now it's not just us in the room. We're talking about this with our, our, our team, which is sizable, but now we're talking to the world. Do we, did you have to go, Oh, we got to, this is, we thought this was good, but we really don't have this defined or we need to refine this. I, I think there's some learning there, right? Cause it, yeah. it does take the pencil off the notepad and throw it on the floor now, because yeah. now the book is reaching the world. Uh, we have to make sure it's relatable and relevant uh, everywhere. So, yeah, we, we did make some adjustments. We adjusted some of the ways that we thought. Um, but the book also served as a reminder of the things that we need to do for our clients uh, that oh, yeah. we may have, may have omitted or evolved away from. Uh, the book reminded us that um, these are some corners that can't be cut. And so yeah. we needed, I think it really worked in our favor to tune us up as a, as a, uh, a marketing team uh, to remember what makes us different from other advertising agencies and focus on these elements. So I think you, you asked a really wise question and it did make us think a little differently about us. Yeah. And, and you said one thing too, I think that it's real easy for you being in the marketing agency, doing what you're doing every single day is we, as you get better and better at something, you tend to skip over steps. You go, oh, I know what that is. And, and those steps can be costly if you, if you don't do them because you're assuming something that may not be right. Yeah. So, we, we, we talk to our clients about this all the time, right? They, the re, one of the main reasons why a client needs an advertising agency is because they're just too close to it and yeah. they skip steps and they miss things and they don't hear what their customers are saying with the same ears that an outside independent third party marketing expert mm -hmm. would hear that, that language differently. Um, so yeah, we need to learn from what we say to our customers. We have to learn that ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what, what are some of the, the comments you've got back from, from readers of the book that, that a inspired you, you weren't expecting just what are some of the things you've heard that's, Several, several things. One thing I wasn't expecting was the interest that people had around the world, that there were a lot of um, books sold uh, globally, like South Africa, nice. Australia, New Zealand, uh, Great wow. Britain, um, South America, Brazil in particular. Uh, I, that's interesting. So clearly the idea of Challenger Brand Marketing resonates mm -hmm. in, around the world. Um, what we've heard most frequently is the, it's, it's an easy read and it, it is relevant to any marketer. Uh, it's also relevant to any relationship because the way that, that we address marketing challenger brands is a lot of in the ways of, of that people relate with, with other people. And those sorts of things come out in, in the exercises and conversations in, in the book. So uh, I think the consistent feedback on challenger brand marketing as a book was that it's relevant easy to apply. Uh, of course, this makes logical sense. Um, so, and there's some funny stories and I, I talk nice. a lot about personal experiences and I tell some good stories about my wife in that book and, uh, good, I, good I stuff to go to Amazon yeah. and buy it. Yeah. We need that's challenger brand marketing. So we are in a changing world of marketing right now this little thing that people talk about oh, i don't know every other sentence ai sure. what, what effect do you really see within the work that you're doing 
Yeah, it's uh, there are probably fewer industries more affected by AI than the creative industry of, of advertising because it's so easy to push a button and write copy. Yeah. Um, we know that AI is not going away. It's just going to evolve and it's going to be a part of um, our world, just like, you know, dot matrix printing turned into, you know, the kind of printing we're doing today. Uh, it, it's something that we're going to, we're going to live with and we're going to mm -hmm. use it to our advantage um, in the most protected uh, way possible. We recognize the risks associated with any kind of content generated through crowdsourced material. Uh -huh. um, and if you were to ask uh, ChatGBT today to write me a 500 word article on challenger brand marketing, we know most of that would be coming from our book uh, uh -huh. or coming from uh, our blogs are coming. It's going to come right back to us. We've written it before. Most of it's going to come from us. Um, we, we are at the place where we're accepting AI as a valuable resource. It's a search tool. Uh, it's a, uh, idea generator. Uh, we think that it's just going to make things better. Um, so we're, we've chosen to uh, accept it and in a very jujitsu sort of way, use it yeah. in our, to our advantage. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that, the real, the real, and I'm not going to use the right words, but the real shame in AI is what you talked about for content creators right now is that you have created many, many blog articles around challenger brand marketing. You have, you know, all the, uh, any, any releases, anything you've done, it's, it's absorbed it. It's absorbed it. And now it can, it can uh, uh, spew it out like it wasn't yours. And, and that's the thing that, that I think anyone that writes anything, you know, with their mind and their fingers, whether it's writing on paper or writing on, and it ever somehow got online, that's, it's a question we're going to have to answer because there's just too much of it. Right. And I, I yeah. it's, it's just, there's just so much content that is out there that people have created that it is their own. I, I was a question that it came up, Actually, in the last couple of days, because I hadn't thought about it in terms of the crawlers just crawling every website, pulling every bit of information. And they're talking about that now and talking about being able to stop it because, yeah, I mean, there's there's people every single second of every single day pouring their heart into research and writing and, and compiling the thought that it took from understanding all things like you guys with Challenger Brand Marketing and it can just be taken like that. Yeah. So it's, it is. I, I, I don't know, Damon, if the, if the issue is going to be attribution and compensation or a matter of, Hey, that's mine. And it's just, you know, you're stealing from me. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know where the issues are going to be yet. It, it's also new. Um, yeah. It's just something we have to think about. We're going to have to decide because it, it is. And and like you said, too, it's a useful tool on the other hand, because if you need an idea generator, you need to, you know, I don't know. There's there's things that it does well when you use it protected, like you said, and and uh, and do that. So what's exciting for you guys coming up? What's exciting for you guys coming up at Gumas? Uh, we are we, as soon as I hang up with you. 
I've got a big presentation that uh, I'm going to share with a, a a credit union that we we love that's uh, based up in Northern California. We're going to. Uh, it's really the culmination of everything I talked about on this. Nice. So nice. I'm going to share all of it. They don't know any of this. So what was pure tortilla joy for me, Rancho Tortillas, is going to be new language for this credit union in about 11 minutes. Uh, so I get the opportunity nice. to present all of that to them. And it's going to be, it's going, nice. to be, it's going to be great. Nice. Well, that is exciting. That is exciting, Craig. And with that, we'll wrap up because we want to make sure that Craig has some prep time for his his next one. But man, I'm I'm telling you, I really appreciate you stopping by and talking about Challenger Brand Marketing because I'm always rooting for the little guy and taking on your industry giants. Like you said, it's you got to take your time to do it right because you're not going to get a second chance. And when you got the right people helping you, it can be a you can do it. Damon, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to discuss my favorite topic. Uh, if any of your listeners want to follow up with me, please do. Uh, my email address is calexander, calexander at gumas, G-U-M-A-S, gumas.com. Website, gumas.com. And uh, the book is at Amazon. So yeah. feel free to look it up. We'll do that. We'll do that. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Craig. And I want to thank all the people that dropped the comments today. Uh, patience at the end, right at the end there. Thanks for doing it. And Charles and the other people that uh, dropped comments, but we didn't know who they were. But thank everyone to drop the comments or was listening today. Thanks, Craig. Have a great rest of your week. We will be back again next week with more guests on the Faces of Business. Talk to you all soon. Hang out just for a